Hey, I'm Russ. And I'm Steve. Growing up in the 80s, we were introduced to video games, movies, and technology that made a lasting impression on us and forever enriched our lives. I think I'm gonna cry! It's been a fascinating journey to be a part of, one that we constantly treasure. Fire! Booty! Our goal is simple. Share our magical moments of discovery and geek out with lovely folks. Just like you! Uh, achievement unlocked! So if you crave pixel goodness, memorable moments, and experiences that make your inner child do the happy dance, you've come to the right place. Let's do this! Welcome to Joygasm! <laughs> yeah! gentlemen and welcome back to joygasm my name is russ xbox live toaster 360 and i'm here once again with my spud of a brother steve aka xbox live steve how's it going russ oh doing mighty fine now steve mighty oh, fine well that's good <laughs> you know this is episode six on this may 17th 2017 mm-hmm. i think it's pretty good that we're just kind of Trucking along, wouldn't <laughs> yeah. you say? Cranking out these episodes. Absolutely. One and a two and a three. Okay. <laughs> so how you been? Well, Russ, I gotta tell you. Oh, I got something on my mind. I was playing Overwatch. Ooh. Again the other night. You were busy something, I don't know. Maybe with the wife. Doing mommy and daddy things. The I don't wife. know what you're doing, Russ. I don't get into your business. You wanna know what happened? I would love to know what happened. Okay. So here's the thing. I started playing competitive. Again. Oh! Back in the competitive mode. Back in the competitive Okay. Are you still in silver? Yes, I am. Okay. And here's the thing. So we're playing, and everyone's shooting, having a grand old time, emoting. Having a blasty blast? <laughs> yeah. And so I noticed this one guy is playing May. And he's just sabotaging the whole entire... On your team? Yes. He's, uh, so he's putting <laughs> up ice walls in front of us. Everywhere we go, all he's doing is going out in front of the enemy going, Hey! 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 And I'm going, what are you doing? And every time like someone would would uh, <laughs> die and have to go respawn, he would run back to the respawn point and just go, ha ha! And then... <laughs> and then when we were running out, he put up the ice wall again, right? So when the enemy is in the objective and gaining all this points and right, time right, and whatnot. Right. Yeah, yeah. So he's basically stalling us. He's he's purposely sabotaging the whole entire thing on purpose. And so You got a gamer troll. I know. So I get on the mic because we lose one round and it was two rounds, right? So I get on the mic and I said, okay, the the character who's playing May and I said the, the guy's The SOB yeah. that's playing May. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen up, people. Yeah. Uh, oh, we got a traitor in our mists. Um and I said his name. I forgot what his name is. Yeah. And so I said, everybody go report this guy because mm-hmm. he's sabotaging the whole thing. We're going to lose because of this guy, not yeah. because anybody else is playing bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because of this guy. And so he was on the mic too. And he says, oh, yeah, I'm going to go vote against myself. And I think I'm going to say something to him. I, I can't <laughs> let this go. And so I'm like, what are you doing, dude? I'm like, why are you making us lose? And he says to lower my rank. To lower his rank. To lower my rank. And I'm thinking, like, I want to win. Do you think he was being facetious? No, absolutely not. And I'll tell you why. Well, first, first, let me finish the conversation. Okay, okay. So, I'm like, why? Because I think I want to win. Everybody on the team wants to win. The objective is to win. Right. And so, he says to to play, or to, to lower my rank. And I said, so you're making the rest of us sacrifice. You're, you're making us all lower our scores, basically. You're, having, sacrifice. you're, you're having this whole debate while the countdown timer of yes. the choose a character screen. I am. <laughs> yes. And so I don't know who can hear us and who cannot hear us. I started hearing like thumbs up, like, you know, someone was junk rotten going, ah, can I come You know, sort of thing. And so people were hearing us. So I said, you're going to make us all sacrifice just for your little personal gain. Uh-huh. He goes, 
oh, that's just the side effect. I said, of you wanting to just to take on lower ranked people? And he says, yep. I just unplugged the mic at that point. And by that time, since I didn't select a character, it just ejected me out. But I reported the guy, and I hope everybody else did. But here's the thing. I'd see it on Clash Royale, too. Oh. Where, it, because you can get, you know, little, these little loot boxes, trophy boxes, that sort of thing. And the easier people you can demolish, mm-hmm. you still get the loot, right? Yeah. And so it's becoming kind of a thing. Instead of going out to win, it's all about, like, the loot. And, and, and like, you're like the... Who's the guy in Toy Story 1 who was torturing all the toys and everything? Was it Seth? Sid. Sid. Yeah. So you're like Sid. Those are the people who are... It's like these parasites. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, that ruins the game. That is fascinating to listen to because I have not really thought about that before. I mean, the whole concept of just actually purposely trying to lower your rank. I mean, everybody I've talked to, they're in this hot pursuit to try and get as high as possible. So... Yeah, That's, and plus enjoy the game too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, you always kind of question humanity when you when you come across people like that. Like, how would that person be in a world of The Walking Dead? Right. Oh. You know, <laughs> you know, just toss him with the zombies, make all of our lives. Yeah, better. I mean, like he'd be the one <laughs> schmuck in the group where like everyone's trying to survive, and he's like, you know. I just don't feel like uh, defending myself. Uh, I'm just gonna just go over here and just be bait or yeah, whatever it exactly. is. You know, I just don't feel like going on anymore. And you're just like, well, get riddance, you punk. Yeah, what's the meaning of life anymore? Zombies over here, over here. Right? It's going. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. You want to survive? Yeah. I'm like sorry that you uh, had to deal with that, Steve. That sounds a little headache-inducing. I had to get that off my chest, Ross. Oh, I feel better. I'm good. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. Thank you for listening to me. I like to uh, listen to you, Steve. <clears throat> okay. What else is going on in the world of Stevevich? Well, uh, I went on to my next game now that I beat Assassin's Creed. That's right. I remember you saying how you beat Assassin's Creed, Steve. So I went on to start Battlefield 1. In earnest, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) I turned, I cranked the sound. Yeah. And I didn't actually didn't get that far because I was, I was enjoying just all, just being immersed in the game. Just the visceral environment, yeah. Right. Because I remember when you and I started Mm -hmm. playing the game and we only got past the first level, but we kind of had to watch it because family was over and, you know, whatever. Couldn't crank it to 11 at that point. Oh, man. So I cranked it up. And I mean... The, the the entry the, the the first level of the game hopefully sets the move for the entire thing because it's different than any other shooter I've played. Granted, you're still shooting people, but dice put sound effects for everything, and so you hear the shells falling, and whether they're falling on dirt or they're falling on metal, like you know after you're firing. Oh yeah, or uh, you know the tanks revving up with the diesel engines, or if you're um, crawling. Like on your stomach, you can sure. hear like the dirt and the leaves and stuff. The like sludge. Yeah, you're schlepping along in mm-hmm. the dirt. You can hear all that stuff. Oh, wow. It's awesome. That's really cool. It is really cool. I haven't gone all the way past the first level yet, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. Like, I'm excited. I can't wait to play it. I can't wait to get back into that game either because I remember you brought it over and we just barely played the, the introduction, which had a lasting effect. I actually really liked the approach that DICE took with that, where you're kind of leaping in between soldiers. Like, every time you die, it has a moment there where it shows how long that person lived, and I felt the the weight of uh, just the consequences regarding that, I mean, just the gravity of the situation where it was no longer just, oh, I'm playing this sweet first person shooter game and I just died and whatever, you know, you get, you get used to that just respawning thing. And, uh, that really added a, a, a sobering dose of realism to it. And it just, yeah, at some point I would love to be able to borrow that game so I can actually play all the way through and enjoy it because everybody who I've talked to who has played it has just had nothing but great things to say. Right. And I remember when you first started it and the whole scene was set mm-hmm. it says this is what's going on and whatever whatever and then it says like the last line 
you are not expected to survive. And I'm thinking, oh yeah, you know. And I, and then I remember you playing, and I thought, all right, you know, Russ didn't survive, but I'm gonna survive. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, like it, it. There's no health packs. Right. There's only limited ammo. Yeah. And there's an onslaught of enemies coming at you. And you're not to be confused with an enemy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and your allies start dropping and the enemy's still there and they're all looking at you because you're the last man standing. You're like, <laughs> what's gonna happen? You know. Uh it's uh Yeah, no. It's uh it's 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 good. Yeah. It's good. I'm pumped. <clears throat> yeah, uh, that, that actually... How, how far are you? Did you say you're not that far? <laughs> I'm not that far. You remember when... So after that whole scene where you jump between characters oh, yeah. and then you're in the tank. Right. So I'm still in the tank, but I, I kind of blasted my way through the first little part oh, there. The game is so gorgeous. And then like, it's like the the second part of the first level is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know... I. I'm starting to kind of pick it apart because I'm, I'm looking for little defects in the game. I can't help it, but I'm looking for it, you know, and I can't find many. One I did find, though. Right. Which one was that, Steve? There is a water effect, right? You have water kind of... Kind of so, and it's muddy, right? Mm. Wouldn't expect to see a lot of pristine Alhambra water in there, Steve. <laughs> no. So... If you were to look out into a lake or a pond, you would see a little ripple effect, right? Mm-hmm. Because the water does what the water does. Unless it's placid. Unless it's placid. Well, so they have that little algorithm or animation or whatever they do in there, but it's for every little small bit of water. So if, like, somebody steps in the mud and then, you know, continues walking away and the water fills in where his shoe is, you see all these ripple effects where his shoe was yeah the displacement mm-hmm. yeah but i mean no they, they keep on going they don't just like ripple out and that's it they keep on rippling and rippling uh-huh. and rippling and rippling i'm like um it's not that windy oh so it, it actually didn't uh like what is it i forgot what the it word didn't is. It, the water didn't be like dissipate dis- dissipate or still or yeah anything like that it was it just, just kept going yes yeah, kept going really yeah huh that's surprising but then again i'm critical well, Steve, you know, I'd be a little bewildered if I was out in real life and I decided to take a little splash in a puddle and the water just perpetually kept rippling. <laughs> I probably would have thought I was in the Matrix. <laughs> so what else have you been up to? Well, well, you're making me talk a lot, Ross. Let me, get a, let, me, let me get a little drink here. I just like the sultry sound of your voice there, Steve. <clears throat> you're so excited. You're, you're a very excited man. You know, tonight I am. This <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Give me one minute. Okay. <sighs> oh, I feel better. I'm getting hot, Ross. I'm getting hot. I was <laughs> venting. You seem kind of uh, you know hot and bothered there, Steve. So I finished up season four of House of Cards. House of Cards. House of Cards. <clears throat> this has been a long time coming because I remember discussing with you the last well we didn't really discuss it but I remember you had told me you were only about one or two episodes away from finishing the season and I told you how I was very curious to hear your thoughts once you finished it so please <clears throat> continue well I was trying to space them out because there's only like 12 episodes or 14 episodes or whatever it was and I can watch, I can binge watch it all, but then it's done, right? I've seen the whole thing. Right. So I was trying to space them out like once a month. And then I got greedy and I started doing once a week. And thank goodness, because season five, right. season Cinco is coming out this month, Russ. I know. May 30th. You're, uh, you finished it just in time. Just in time. I didn't uh, even plan it that way. It's just going to happen. I can't get just enough of Frank Underwood. I really do love him. You know a show is good when you can watch the trailers and it brings you right back and they can tell the whole thing within just one minute, one to three minutes. I mean, I was watching all the trailers for like season one, season two, all the way up to season four. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. If anybody hasn't watched that show, you got to give it a go. Mm -hmm. And that rhymes. I didn't mean that to rhyme. (laughs) (laughs) Look at this guy. He's a poet. He's a natural, this guy. So, um, anyway, 
And oh, that's the thing. That last episode was only 45 minutes, but it seemed to last like two hours. They crammed a lot. Yeah, they did. Into that show. Yeah. Yeah, we probably shouldn't talk about it because it's still pretty recent. We don't yeah. want to spoil it for anybody no. who hasn't seen right. that part yet. But I'm glad that you saw it and I'm glad that you loved it. I mean, yeah. it sounded like you, like you were pretty impressed. Oh. Like it, it, it was, it's certainly a cliffhanger, isn't it? It's certainly a cliffhanger. Um, but the thing that's that's great about the show, too, is from season one all the way up to season four, the show has not lost any momentum. Right. I mean, you just dive further and further into these characters and you love it. I think there was one season that I personally thought was a little weaker than the rest. It may have been like season two. It's been a while since I've I've watched it, but there was one season which which I thought it kind of floundered. Floundered is too strong of a word, but it it just didn't. It was it wasn't toe to toe with the others. But then thankfully, I mean the the season after that just totally went back to how season one you know caught my right. my attention and didn't let and never let go. So I mean it's it's definitely one of my favorite shows. Did you know? Oh what? It's based off, or uh, excuse me, let me see. And Britain made the show first. It's like it's in the seventies, but it's it's the same thing. Huh? It's literally the same story. And I and I saw it as like I was searching on on Netflix. Yeah. And I saw it and I thought, did they just make one too? Because the Americans made one. Like, what in the world is this? So I clicked on it, and it's old footage, of course. It's like literally '70s footage or '80s footage. And there's an older guy, and he's in Parliament, and he's talking to the camera like Frank Underwood talks to the camera, and uh. he's like the the whip, you know. And he's talking to all the politicians and whatnot. It's the exact same thing, only it's British style. Where'd you hear about this? I saw it. Well, oh, I clicked. I, I started watching. I watched. Hey, the first, so animated. <laughs> I started watching the first show, and I don't. I mean, I don't want to start getting into it. But yeah. I mean, I, I had to see how. I had to compare it. So wait. So let me get this straight. So did you? Yeah, was this suggested to you on no. Netflix, or did you happen to stumble upon this on YouTube, or what? While I was on the, my Netflix list, I yeah. didn't. I didn't see House of Cards there. Okay. So I went. Hey, I'll just search for it then. So I searched for it, and then it brought up House of Cards. House of Cards. What? It even has the same name. It has the exact same name. Interessante. <laughs> My goodness. Yes. Well, maybe it was meant to be, Steve. Perhaps you have been called to watch that version as well. Well, I mean, if I have to, if I need something to watch between now and May 30th, I, mean, I could always watch that one. <laughs> Anything else you've been watching or playing? No, but I did find out that. You're pregnant. How did you know? Oh, I did notice your nipples look a little hard. Oh, jeez. Are they sore? No. Oh. Yesterday marked the thirty-first anniversary of Top Gun. I was trying to remember how that song went. Like, <laughs> what? I was starting to see the opening scene. How could you not remember I, the national? No, no, no. I thought you were talking about the opening scene, not the ending. Well, it was. Yeah, I mean, it's the same song. It's just I, I fast forwarded it so you'd know the part of the Top Gun anthem. All I can think about is was that Kenny Loggins. Not that part. I know, but that's what I'm thinking about right now with Top Gun. You're thinking Danger Zone. I'm thinking Danger Zone. Have you ever seen that music video, by the way? Yes, I have. It's kind of disturbing. It, it, it totally is disturbing. Yeah. It's like like you see like this, I don't know, 80s scrawny Kenny Loggins yeah. writhing on a bed, yeah. feeling himself as he's singing the lyrics. I'm like- Thinking about Top Gun. What the heck is going on here? Kind <laughs> of awkward. Yeah. Gotta love the 80s. Well, it's your turn, Russ. Well. You been playing anything? You been watching anything? I have. Why don't you say something interesting for once? Interesting for once. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love you, Russ. <laughs> you know I do. So I think the biggest game that I've been playing, and I just started playing it last night, is Injustice 2. I downloaded it. I pre-ordered the Ultimate Edition. and Aren't you cool? <clears throat> I'm uh I'm pretty I'm pretty spiffy like that. I actually did not play the first one. When it came out, I was not too impressed by the visuals of it. 
and just felt like because it was a, a new IP, they may need some time to actually get to grips with like what it was they were trying to achieve. So I waited and I'm glad that I waited till the sequel because it's a sweet game. It's really good. I had high hope, well not high hopes, but I like I could see like it had some some major potential just based on the fact that NetherRealm Studios are the developers behind the game and they're the same ones who did Mortal Kombat. So they already have this history, this pedigree of doing fighting games. And I have a lot of comments that I'd like to well, uh, share with you. I've been commenting on everything so far. Yeah, yeah. So, Injustice 2, where, where, where do I begin? Yes, yeah. Um, Injustice 2, with the pedigrees, yes. Of course, just get right ahead. I'm listening to you. I will begin with the story. So, one of the things that I thought was a bit of a... Uh, kind of a, a weakness of the Mortal Kombat X game that had come out recently, not recently, but just a little while back, was that the, the story mode itself was a little, not lame, but just it felt like an afterthought. Like, like oh, we need a story mode, so let's put this together. And the and the production values were just kind of subpar. They they It was actually weird. It was like, typically I'm used to watching, when you watch an in-game cinematic, not a pre-rendered cinematic, but like an in-game cinematic, typically game engines will have tools that will allow developers to like actually create cinematics that use more of the real-time graphics and lighting and that sort of thing. What's ironic is, is that typically those scenes look better than the actual gameplay itself. Like, for instance, I'll use Halo as an example. If you're watching, like, an in-game cinematic where you see Master Chief strolling up to some control panel or whatever, you can tell that they have applied some filters, some extra, you know, cool guy lighting, that sort of thing, to to give it a little more polish. And then when you play the game, when you get back to the gameplay, you realize, oh, it's slightly not as cool. It's just bizarre because in the Mortal Kombat games, and even to a, to a certain extent with Injustice 2, the cinematics actually look worse. And then when you're playing the game, the gameplay actually looks better. And so that, that was definitely a head-scratching moment for me, just kind of look, taking that in. Having said that, the, the cinematics and the story mode in Injustice 2 is much, well, it's much more well thought out in terms of... Uh, what Mortal Kombat offered initially. So I am making my way through the story mode. The graphics are an interesting part to kind of dissect. It's it's interesting. I'm still processing through it. So here's the deal. The graphics themselves are... Okay, I'll start with the background. The backgrounds are gorgeous. Like, each level is really well thought out. It's really great. For Injustice. For Injustice 2. And the characters, however, I'm just trying to wrap my mind around it. Harley Quinn is fantastic. Like, just the way that they designed her, I mean, they nailed Harley Quinn. She just, she just, they have embodied her, the, the, the persona, the soul of Harley Quinn, the look, I mean, the, her, her uniform, her costumes that I've seen, fantastic. But then I look at the Joker, and the Joker is absolutely terrible. Like, (laughs) it doesn't look like Joker at all. It looks like, it literally looks like someone cosplaying as the Joker if you were to go to Comic-Con. Only they're doing their own kind of lame spin on the character. Like, the Joker is so iconic. You have to really be careful not to stray too far from what everybody knows him to be right. and celebrates his look and that sort of thing. Yeah, they they totally missed the mark. I mean, it, it was really bad. Um, in terms of other characters, though, like, um, I felt like Batman actually looked pretty cool. I will say that the art direction in, in Batman Arkham Knight by Rocksteady Studios is still my favorite when it comes to the, the Batman characters. I mean, they just, in my opinion, they nailed Every character, I mean, every character in Arkham Knight just looks badass. They just, they just, they, there's, there's a certain maturity to them and sophistication and, and lifelike vibe that I still to this day, I'm just blown away by. Um, in Injustice 2, with the way that Batman looks, 
um, he does look pretty cool. There are certain things that I have issues with, like um, the cape is not flowy enough. It feels too stiff. In fact, all the characters who have capes in the game, they just, I would have really appreciated to see some sort of cloth dynamics in there, uh, and they just didn't have that. And especially considering after playing, once again, Batman Arkham Knight, we're like, they really did a nice job evolving the cape. I mean, the cape really does animate nicely in that game. And that game is, by now, what, what two years old? Right. Maybe three? Two to three years old? Right. So, um, from that standpoint, it, it's just, it, it, like I said, it goes back and forth. Apparently, there are a lot of characters. I haven't seen all the characters yet, because like I said, I'm going through the story mode. And, and what's nice is that they're kind of slowly doling out the characters, and there's this overarching story that goes along with it, but you're constantly, you know, oh, you're going to play... You start with Batman, and then you start playing as Harley Quinn for a little while, and then you play as Black Canary, and then, like, recently I was playing as the Flash, and so you're you're getting to taste like the different fighting styles of these different these different characters have, and luckily, like the Flash is like super fun to play. Um, Swamp Thing is really cool. I haven't even played him, but I I played against him. I fought him, and he's got all kinds of sweet moves and whatnot. The gameplay mechanics are very tight. Uh, and for me, as a, as a newbie, I'm not used to just how to string together combos yet. I'm just kind of blindly flailing my fists and feet and hoping I land punches. And every once in a while, I'll, I'll randomly come up with a combo or I'll do a special move and, I, and you know, it'll be exciting. But I'm going to be investing time into the game in order to get to those, you know, 20-hit combos, 30-hit combos, whatever. One of the, the gratifying things is that there is a kind of an ultimate, if you will, uh, type of move. I don't know if they call it super move or something else, but essentially you charge it up as you as you fight each other back and forth. When you max it out, you can execute it, and if you can successfully execute it without the the opposing player blocking you, then they go through this huge cinematic thing where like you know they could take half your life away, and it's just this grandiose, over the top awesomeness. And each character has their own unique version of that. So it's fun to be able to unlock that and it helps to get kind of the aggression out when you're playing it. And especially if you're playing as a character that's really annoying and you just launch it, you're like, take that! <laughs> so, um, so yeah, uh, there's a lot to, to take in from the game and uh, I'm just scratching the surface of it. I, I think I'll have more to <laughs> I'll have more to, to say in, in the coming days and weeks as I'm able to, to play more of it. But I, I mean, like I said, I got to say, like IGN gave it a nine out of 10 and I would say it's right around there. I would say 8.5 to nine. And, and again, that's without me trying out the online mode. Uh, they also have this other mode too, where like you can gain different types of uh, gear and uniforms and just, so it's kind of cool that you can upgrade your skins. It keeps it that much more interesting and you, know, you can fashion your characters in certain ways. And actually, since I bought the Ultimate Edition, they are supposed to be releasing over time uh, nine additional characters on top of the ones they already have, which I think they have someone somewhere like 20 characters already, something like that. I'll have to double check on the, the actual number. But the, the other thing worth mentioning is the animation. One of the high marks that Injustice 2 gets from me is the fact that the um, facial animation is extremely well done. There are some very lifelike expressions. Once again, using Harley Quinn as an example, I absolutely enjoyed watching her say her lines. Like just, there is so much detail and articulation in her face that is evoked when she's saying her lines. And of course, they got the same actress who's been doing Harley Quinn's yeah. voice from like Batman the Animated Series and whatnot to, to, to come in. I think it's the same actress actually who did it for uh, Batman Arkham Knight. Because you know they got they got Kevin Conroy to do the voice of Batman. Um, so there are certain characters that uh, have their, their, their respective voice talent. How is the facial animation in this game compared to like uh, Mafia 3? Even though Mafia 3 was kind of a bleh, kind of a game, uh-huh. the facial animations were, for or at least for the cutscenes, were spot on. Like, they were good. After we get done doing this podcast, I'll show you. I'll, I'll right. show you the game because it's it's some of the best facial animation I've seen in a while. I was, you know, thinking about the various games that have come out over the years, one of the high points animation wise when it comes to facial animations was rise son of rome 
And that was a, a graphic tour de force. That was definitely like like a benchmark graphics demo of what the Xbox One was capable of. But one of the things that always stood out to me was anytime you saw them talking, I mean, it just, it looked great. Like every time someone was talking, I was just taking that in. I was drinking in like what they, all the efforts that the, the animation team had put into it. And no other game since that time that I can think of off the top of my head that was not pre-rendered. We're talking, you know, right. in-game graphics here. <clears throat> Um, has been as memorable until Injustice 2. And so my hat goes off to the, the animation team who, who worked on that because that's, again, it, it's, it's that gets back and forth thing. We're like, you know, the facial animations are absolutely fantastic, but then I'll look at the cape animations that are like all stiff and I'm like, wait, what? Uh, yeah. All right. right. And I suppose if I had to choose, I would I would go the way that they went, which is, you know, just just give that TLC to the face. You know, let them be able to really go to town with all those emotions and whatnot. So, yeah, that that was a game I was playing. Um, of course, you and I were playing, as you mentioned earlier, some Overwatch. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a lot of fun. Although there were certain times where, it, once again, I just don't get it. I just, I do not understand, like, how some matches we'll play. We just get... It's just the turn of the tide. I, I don't. I just don't get it. <clears throat> you know what? That brings me back to where my my venting. And I want to make a point. Blizzard needs to bring out a way for the team to unanimously ban somebody mm. or like vote them off the island. Because otherwise, what what's the point of playing the match if you're just going to be hurt by it? Yeah. If you're going to put forth a hundred percent effort but someone else is doing negative 100%, you're left at zero. Mm-hmm. And what's the use of playing the game? And when you report somebody on Xbox Live, you just you don't know what's going to happen. You know, They might just kind of get a little slap on the wrist and that's about it. And this guy did have like a bunch of marks next to his reputation, but he was still playing, like, you know, still causing whatever, whatever it happened. Riff-raff. Riff-raff, yeah. thank you. <laughs> so if, if the whole entire team can somehow, you know, pause or go on to social option, you know, and then unanimously ban the guy, maybe somebody else is left in matchmaking wonderment, like, you know, I waited five minutes to join a match and I'm ready to go, Yeah, you yeah. know, waiting for his opportunity. He could jump right in and there you go. You guys are back at 100%. Counter-Strike did that way back in the day. Whenever I played Counter-Strike back in college and there was someone who was just being an idiot, um... You actually, the team's... Oh, Ross, language. <laughs> Idioto! <laughs> um, but yeah, like they had that feature available so that if someone was not being uh, an active participant on the team and, and and even worse, they were just, you know, causing the team to uh, lose on purpose, that sort of thing, you could ban them. You, could, you, could, you would either have someone who created the game who would have administrative per- uh, privileges to be able to ban the person or there would be a voting off the island option where you can have people who just, you know, if enough people, you know, click that ban button, then he was he or she was gone. And that worked out well. It actually, you know, it worked in a very judicious manner. And it was, you know, when I, when I first hear about it, you would think, oh, well, people will abuse that. Well, no, actually, it worked out really well because the majority of people want to play the game. They want to have a good time right. playing it. And, they, and if they're going to lose fair and square then so be it like right. like you then you've been bested by people who are a bit better than you at the right. game but give it your best shot don't have somebody cutting you off at the knees and right it's just not fun it's understandable if somebody sucks at the game but you they're trying suck. <laughs> and, but they're trying their hardest to you know make an effort uh and and um help the team out. You can understand, you know, if, if you lose because of a couple people, but they're trying. Yeah. But to have somebody, like I said, sabotage the whole, you know, it's just mm, bad yeah. taste in the back of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is too, is that... What's the good news, Rod? Uh, well, the other 50% of the time, we actually did have good games and... We did. We were able to divide and conquer the That's way that right. I used to do it. So, that was good. That's real good. <clears throat> I don't think I had any really massive plays. I know you got play of the game quite a few times playing the old Torbjorn there, Steve. 
Yeah, but it wasn't nothing special. Thank goodness for his turret that auto aims, because uh, I love that one <laughs> that you got playing the game. Where like we're just watching you trying to catch up to where the action is, and like, you shot absolutely nobody, right. but your turret was doing all the heavy lifting for you. Yeah, I spawned back in, and I and I could see that the flag was was blipping, like as if someone was trying to steal it, but was getting shot and yeah. damaged. And I could hear my turret going, <laughs> and so I thought, well. Ultimate's ready. Here it goes. Yeah, you know, and I'm still like five minutes away. I got to run as fast <laughs> as a dwarf can to catch up. So I just figured I'd do it. And sure enough, Ames can only carry me so far. <laughs> I'm so fast. Actually, I did have a good play. Uh, there, what map was that? It was the one at nighttime. It was uh, Nepal or something. But welcome. Nepal. We were doing capture the flag, and I captured two of the flags, and nobody voted for me except for you. Remember at yeah. the end, I made it on there, and I was like, "Dude, where's the love?" I always vote for you, Russ. It's very, it's very touching of you to do that for me. Too. <laughs> Even if you didn't do anything, I would still vote for you. Oh, <laughs> that's some some brotherly love right there. If I ever heard it, agape. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's I did have a little little shining moment, even though uh, I was shunned from the old votes you know i wonder if you when you vote for somebody does that actually add to your experience score i don't know i kind of doubt it or is it just a feel-good thing like a pat on the back it's gotta be a feel-good thing i mean it might add some experience but not a whole lot because even if i've been if it's if the match is nothing special i've been gaining about 2000 experience to 25 2700 experience even if i get play the game or I get voted you know it's still around the same unless I do a lot of something like healing or you know this long kill streak or blocked a lot of damage or whatever like that then that really adds up to your score I can get you know 3,000 5,000 whatever yeah but vote voting you know getting get to play the game or a most popular vote eh I have some I'm sorry I just belched not, not again a little gassy, a little gassy. <clears throat> <laughs> Talking about these types of frustrations, uh, it gives me gas. That's great, Russ. I don't like gas. It makes me bloated. You want a gas axe? I don't like being bloated. You want some Beano? <laughs> Good old-fashioned Beano. <laughs> As a side anecdote to the Overwatch... I was looking at the amount of time that we have invested in said game. <laughs> and there was something that, that is kind of amusing. First of all, how many hours do you think that I have played Overwatch to? Well, Ross, you see, that's a little bit skewed. Uh, uh, I just want another number. Focus on the number. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I just was inhaling and you <laughs> coughed. That's great. <laughs> uh, 105 hours. More. 175. More. 200. And more. Well, Russ, I can only count so high. Why don't you just go ahead and tell us? <laughs> well, Stephen, I was enjoying a sunny morning dawn with my sweet tea and my Texas toast. <laughs> and I was looking at my phone here. And I noticed that I had invested 260 hours oh. in the You know, that's, that's coming awfully close. To uh, my time with Witcher Three. Now the thing, though, is you. What you pointing at me have surpassed your brother in the total amount of hours that you've played <laughs> Overwatch. <laughs> Snap! I can't remember the exact number. Let me see if I can bring it up real quick. I think you here. Let me, I don't want to misquote it. Let me just take a look. I'm gonna take a little gander Let's here and, and launch do. that Xbox app there and uh, take a little look. See, if I'm not friend number one, we're gonna have problems. <laughs> oh, you just I'd spit my eye when you did that. <laughs> okay, let's see here. Let's take a little look here. 
type in the old Stevovich. There we are. That's with a V as in, um, victory, is not it? a B as in Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> <laughs> or Bich, which is Latin for generosity. Okay, I'm having actually... I've got an issue, and I don't have a tissue. I've got a tissue! I mean... <laughs> <laughs> okay, Overwatch, let's try it this way. I'm trying a different way. Da, 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 da. Compare with friends. This is how you can tell the podcast is unedited and completely oh. authentic. Unedited! Time play. Okay, there's my time. Oh, I found it! I found it! Okay. You have surpassed me with a total of 291. Yes! So congratulations, my good man. You have uh, surpassed your brother who got the game before you, and uh, yeah. Way I've to been, go. I've been clowing up the levels, Russ. You have. And that's not to say my skill's getting any better, but that just means, <laughs> you know, I've been playing the game. I thought it was worth mentioning, though. I was uh, <clears throat> on the phone this morning with our good old friend, Brad. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he actually looked up, uh, he, he was curious about how many hours he had put into the game because we, we were just on this, this uh, Overwatch discussion. And I think he's, he was just like, oh, well, you know, I think I got about 50 hours in there. I'm like, 50 uh, hours? Brad? I'm like, well, how many how many do I have? And so he looked up there and I said, you know, I, I've been playing this thing quite a bit. And he, he was like, oh, my gosh, you got 260 hours. And then I said, well, you know, Steve's been nipping at my heels. I'm wondering how close he is. And so then he looked you up. And he's like, no, he passed you. So I was, uh, I was proud of you. Thank you, Russ. Way to go. Thank you. And I don't, I don't see you stopping anytime soon. So uh, I'm curious to see how many hours you will ultimately log into that, especially considering the fact that the Game of the Year edition is just right around the corner. That's right. Plenty of loot boxes filled with all kinds of uh, gumdrop smiles and lollipop lanes. <laughs> I thought you were going to throw puppy dogs in there someplace. No, a, no puppy dogs. Uh, reference to uh, we don't serve your kind here. Do you have any plans on seeing Vikings at all or not? No, I don't, Russ. You're not going to ever watch it. Well, I might watch it. You might watch it. I might. Uh, probably not soon. I'm. I am. I'm curious. I will tell you that much. Well, I don't. Well, I'm not sure if I should tell you. All the things that are going on? Or? Well, you know what? Just go ahead because I got so much stuff going on right now, Russ. <laughs> Minus my 290 hours of Overwatch. Yeah. Uh, I'm most likely I'm going to forget. Okay. Well, Season 3 came out about two years ago. I think it was 2015 that it, it was uh, released. And so I think it's safe to say, I mean, I suppose for those that are listening, if you have not watched Vikings... Uh, let alone season three, and you don't want spoilers, I would suggest you fast-forward this podcast by a few minutes. But I think that most of the hardcore folks <laughs> who are into Vikings, they've probably already seen season three. I'm I'm kind of a late bloomer trying to catch up here. So, Or what they could do in the meantime is go leave a review for the podcast. Good idea! Oh, and then come back, fast-forward, boom! We could certainly use the ratings... And the reviews. Go ahead, Ross. So anyway, I'm trying to think of how, because you, you haven't seen any of it, so there, you have no point of reference whatsoever. I've seen the commercials on the History Channel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so as a very high-level <clears throat> synopsis. Synopsis? So obviously the show takes place back when Vikings were around. And it had kind of a Game of Thrones ish. It's almost like Game of like the Diet Coke version of Game of Thrones in a way. Um, it focused on the politics of the Vikings, their culture, their beliefs, that sort of thing. And then it it chronicles just where the Vikings went, like the different places that they discovered, the um, the different kingdoms that they you know raped and pillaged and all that kind of stuff. And so you see all these different. Places like England, like parts of England that were very much in their beginning stages or like Paris, that sort of thing. 
and you see the clash of the religions, you see the clash of the of the culture it's of it themselves, and the characters. There are quite a few characters in there that um, just are, are are fun to watch. I mean, they they all have their own little quirks and their own kind of journey, their their, their hero's journey, and that, that sort of thing. Um, but in season three. I'm trying to think of a way how I can say this because once again, it's, there's just a lot to cover with, with the show, but essentially in season three, there is like, you, you think that, that the, um, that there's a, a character who's going to die and he ends up using that to his advantage to be able to get into Paris. And so the, the whole show leaves on a, a cliffhanger and then season four, which is already out on Amazon as well. I mean, I think they're already, if not already, then soon they're going to be showing season five on, uh, I guess it's the history channel or wh- whichever is it, is it the history channel or AMC or <laughs> I think it's the history channel if I'm not mistaken. Um, anyway, season four has 20 episodes they actually broke up season four into two parts, which was it's surprising because typically there are only 10 episodes in a season. So that's, I mean, that's essentially two seasons crammed into one season. I mean, it's, it, there's going to be quite a bit of watching going on. But I I did enjoy getting back into it. I enjoy getting back into the, the speed of things and um, seeing where the characters are going, where they're, and, and just, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, it's, I could I could use an entire podcast time to try and catch you up on it. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. And just say, hey, we both enjoyed it. We're looking forward to continuing uh, the old Viking show. Okay. So. Anyway. Okay. I'm going to get something over here real quick here. Pardon me. It looks like I'm going to. Yep. Type away there for us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into some gaming news. How about that? Okay, man. <laughs> oh, what you got for us? <clears throat> well, first things first, this is something that really grabbed my attention, and I think it's going to grab your attention as well. <laughs> I'm not going to let you go. <laughs> Witcher. Yes? Is. Yes? Coming. Yeah. To Netflix. How can it come to Netflix? They're making a show? Netflix will develop and produce a new show based on the Witcher saga, the series of eight oh. novels by Mr. Sapkowski that inspired the critically acclaimed CD Projekt Red RPG game. Oh, it better. I mean, it can't be re- like no PG-13. I don't think it's going to be. I, I mean, mean, it can't be. There's a lot in that game. Well, Mr. Sapkowski, who does not profit from the game series, surprisingly, I thought he would, since he's the one who... He sold the rights. Yeah. He's out of the picture. Uh, He will serve as a creative consultant on the show. All right, he's getting paid something then. Yeah. He said, I'm thrilled that Netflix will be doing an adaptation of my stories, staying true to the source material and the themes that I have spent over 30 years writing. I didn't know he was doing it for 30 years. That's a long time. Long time. Um... Also, um, what I thought was cool, too, is that Tomas Baginski, who directed the intro videos for all three Witcher games, as well as the Cyberpunk 2077 teaser trailer. Mm. Did you ever see the Cyberpunk trailer? Sure did. Yeah, that was that, that was, was good. That was yeah. arresting. That was <clears throat> super intriguing. Um, he, he also had uh, previously announced... Um, as being the director of a movie version of The Witcher, which I'm not sure what the status of that is, but he will direct at least one episode per season for the Netflix oh, show. Man, oh, that is so awesome. I'm a <laughs> big fan of The Witcher. Are you pumped, dude? I was like pumped man. when I saw that. So they're just like talking about it. There's no like, okay, we're just going to start casting, whatever, whatever. There's no release date, casting, or further directional choices man. at this time. And it's on Netflix. Netflix. Man. Netflix is partner. I mean, Netflix has got it going on. No, I mean, they are taking some huge risks and just whether it's, you know, House of Cards or Orange is the New Black. Or, I mean, they're, they're, they have so many original programming. And good programming. It's quality. Yeah. So the fact that we're both huge Witcher fans, I, I, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. I'm really excited. Um. In other news, yeah. 
going back into Overwatch. Nice. There is a new art book coming soon. The first is The Art of Overwatch, which is a 9x12 hardcover book that shows off never-before-seen art along with commentary from the game's development team, which will retail for $49.99. And uh, there is a limited edition version, which will also be available, uh, and that comes packaged in a clamshell box with magnetic clasps and includes an acetate slipcover designed after Overwatch CoverGirl Tracer. A portrait print and two landscape prints are included in that particular package. That's a game that should be a series. Yeah. All the characters, they've already said they have background stories and whatnot. Blizzard's already shown they could do animated shorts. Yeah. Pixar style. Yeah. I mean, would that not be successful? Come on. Mm -hmm. Blizzard, are you listening? Are you listening to Joygasm? That's right. Yeah, no, that that's a good point. I would, I'd watch it. I'd watch it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was really thrilled about the the announcement of the art book because I'm a big, as you know, I, I'm a big fan of collecting those where like you can see the, just the different um, uh, treatments to and concept ideations of the characters and the environments, just seeing the different digital illustrations and the. Um, Oh, oh my goodness. Somebody didn't put their phone on. Sure. Do not disturb. Can you hear? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. 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 Personality yeah. right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I'm terribly sorry. I even had it on Do Not Disturb. Can you look at that? That's what happened to me last time. Look at that. Oh, it was Shawnee. Was it Sean? It was, it was, it was Mr. Boys. It's Sean Boys. Perhaps you wanted to call to discuss the possibility of coming on to the show. Possibly, I might have sent him a little text message. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a good idea. I'll just uh, put this over here like so. Don't worry, Shawnee. I'll call you right back. Love you, buddy. <clears throat> just be more time conscious next time. <laughs> um, anyway, that's something that I have actually already pre-ordered myself. I went on to, you can pre-order it on Amazon, and I wasn't sure just how long that stuff's going to last because any kind of Blizzard license tends to have quite the frothy fan base that just, they'll <laughs> just consume anything that they come out with and it doesn't last very long at all, and especially something like that. I was like, okay, done, got my pre-order, and they're already accepting pre-orders, so I thought that was pretty cool. Did you ever play South Park uh, Stick of Truth for Xbox 360? Uh, negative. Ghost Rider. The pattern apparently was full. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that is a game I would... S- okay. Definitely encourage you to play. I haven't. I have not beat it yet. I've been playing it. It's, it is seriously one of the best games on Xbox 360. Like, it was completely unpredictable. I You never know what's going to be said or what's going to happen. It's... <laughs> and it's it's genuinely funny. It's like you're interacting with a South, like a huge South Park episode. I think I have South Park coming on next foot on next flicks. Uh, flicks ne- next flicks. Uh, flick <laughs> off. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> it's funny because I haven't watched all the South Park episodes, uh-huh. and so you know they they've came out when I was in like in high school. Yeah, and so I'm catching up a lot now. And within this year, and especially last year, I started watching a bunch, and I'm like, "This is funny." You guys seen South Park? Everyone's like, "Yeah, I've seen that episode like 27 times on reruns, Dave." Yeah, I know that. It's not even funny anymore because I've seen it so many times. Yeah, I'm like, I just seen it for the first time. Well, South Great. Park is is a series that you can just you can keep watching over and over and over, and it's just <laughs> I mean, there are there are episodes that I've seen literally like. 20 times and it's still just as funny. I mean, right. it's just, it's a riot. Anyway, so are you, so even though you haven't played the first game, are you aware that they, they've been working on a sequel? Yeah. Okay. So South Park, the fractured butthole, new release date announced. Um, <laughs> after several delays, South Park, the fractured butthole is scheduled. <laughs> that is such an awesome title. Right, like, yeah. I, it's just, uh, Puts a smile on my face. After several delays, South Park, The Fractured But Whole is scheduled for release on October 17th for PS4, Xbox One, and PC, according to Ubisoft. They've been talking about that for a while. They have. And it's 
I think it was originally scheduled to come out in 2016, but then somehow, I don't know if it was due to some issues with the, the game design or if Ubisoft just wanted to move and shuffle things around just for their fiscal quarter. I don't know. I just remember working at Target and getting this video game, the the Stick of Truth, uh-huh. for this parent who was buying it for like their eight-year-old kid. And of course, it has a mature rating on there, seventeen, eight, you know, age 17 and up. And so... Mom, the mom would look at me and say, "Was well, why is it mature? Is, is this not for kids?" <laughs> and so I, I look at her, and I don't want to come across as if like, "Have you where have you been in the last ten years, the last decade? Have you never heard of South Park?" And so I said, I look at her just deadpanning it and said, "Yeah, anything that you don't want your kids to see, it's in this game. Mm. Basically, it's an adult game. That's ratings on there for a reason." You know, cussing, violence. Yeah, it's supposed to be comical, but you, it's all there. And she goes, oh, my. You play this at Billy's? And the kid goes, yeah. <laughs> and she goes, well, okay. I'm thinking, good grief. I'd never buy my eight-year-old this game. Yeah, one of those parents that are just kind of checked out on parenting. Same thing would happen with Grand Theft Auto, too. Really? Yes. That's a game that makes me blush, and I'm a... Full-grown man. <laughs> um. So let's see here. Where did I lose my? Oh, okay. So the game will be available in four editions. You have standard, gold, steelbook, gold, and collector's editions, which actually was pretty surprising to me. I didn't think that they'd be having that many versions of the game, but I have a feeling that um, Matt Stone and Trey Parker uh, probably kind of getting into the whole thing. Every time I see them come on stage, you you can tell that they've been having a fun learning experience with what all goes into a game. And I'm sure they, they caught wind of um, just what all could be placed into like a collector's edition of a game. Caught wind or broke wind, Rose. Oh. <laughs> I had to. Sure, Sorry, that was bad. I'm sure they probably did a little bit of both. Uh, couldn't let that one go. Another Ubisoft news. They have revealed three new game sequels, one of which that you already alluded to, which is the next um, Assassin's Creed game. It's the mm. one that takes place in Egypt. Oh, okay, there we go. So it's official. Uh, we'll probably see that uh, coming three. You know what I want to see? I want to see the next Far Cry. Far Cry 5 has also been announced. Mm. It's official. I'm looking forward to that one. There's also Crew 2, which I never played the original yeah, Crew. Yeah, that was so-so. Okay, yeah. okay. So we should be seeing at least some sort of uh, morsel of teased goodness uh, come E3 when it comes to the new Assassin's Creed <laughs> Assassin's Creed game and uh, Far Cry 5 and that's about all the gaming news worth mentioning there Steve yeah. um, <laughs> I do have something funny that uh, once again Bradley had uh, thrown my way actually I gotta um bring up the old phone for this one just to make sure this is actually a, a really fascinating um story in the eye rolling department oh gosh okay so GameSpot reported that a man is suing his date oh i heard about this for texting during guardians of the galaxy volume yeah. 2 have you heard about this yeah it's cool and pathetic at the same time <laughs> here i'll just read it for the the folks listening here uh, it's, according to this is this is on GameSpot. It says the issue of texting in theaters has become a controversial one over the past few years. <clears throat> now the stakes have been raised even higher with the news of a man who is suing his date for excessive texting during the recent Marvel Smash Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. As reported by the Austin-based statesman, 37-year-old Brandon Vesmar filed a claim to recoup the $17.31 he paid for his date's ticket and That's- pizza, right? Uh, I think he said it was he. It was dinner and and the movie, but dinner was like pizza. I'll keep reading here. Let's see if it's in here. The site states that Vesmar met the woman online, and the visit to the theater in Round Rock, Texas, was their first date. In his petition, Vesmar alleges that the woman activated her phone at least ten to twenty times in fifteen minutes to read and send text messages. Vesmar says that she also left the theater after the movie without giving him a lift and that his subsequent attempts to contact her to get the ticket money refunded were ignored. While damages sought are modest, (laughs) the principle is important as defendant's behavior is a threat to civilized society, Vesmar states in his petition. 
The statesman contacted the woman who did not know about the claim and asked for her name not to be used. She told the site, This is crazy. I had my phone low and I wasn't bothering anybody. It wasn't like constant texting. I'm not a bad woman. I just went out on a date. <laughs> it's the principality, Smokey. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> they didn't go into detail about the pizza thing, but this it's just bizarre and amusing at the same time. Like just... I, like I kind of applaud the guy because that is one of the, the biggest issues I do have with going into a theater is just if someone is talking on their phone or the, they're constantly texting, it's like, why are you here? Get out. There's no reason for you to be here. But at the same time, it's just, it's one of those things where like y- you dream of something like that happening when you go on a first date based off of like an online find. You know, you, you meet someone online, right. they want to schedule a, a meet and greet, get together first date. And then it, it's just bizarre on both sides where it just, <laughs> I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? Well, I kind of wonder if there's going to be a second date because that would be a huge twist in the story if he's going to like take her to small claims court for $17 and 34 cents. And then she pays him back and he looks so, what are you doing Friday night? You want to go out to see another movie or something? It's like watching a, like a train wreck happening in slow motion. I don't, I just don't, but it brings up a point, Russ. I mean, if he wants to get the girl, that's not how you do it. <laughs> he probably wasn't interested in her. I mean, let's be real. But that brings up a point. A good point. Is it a pointy point? Pointy point. Is it a sharp point? Or is it a dull point? A little of both. Hmm. The theater experience. Now, you go into a theater and you want the good sound and the good picture, right? Mm-hmm. You, what you cannot control is the audience. Is the audience going to smell? Are they going to spill their drink on you? <laughs> you know, are they going to reek of coffee, cigarettes, and stale popcorn like they did with when I saw the show? Okay, there's a lot of it you can't control. Are people going to talk and then and, you know cut up during the movie when you're paid money to have a good time? Having lots of hot sex in yeah. the back. Jeez, some of us don't go to cheap theaters, Russ. Okay. <laughs> So, Which theater were you in? <laughs> yeah. um, you guys were quiet back there. <laughs> anyway. I stepped in something sticky. Yeah, I can't move. <laughs> and that's another thing. I mean, the, you know, the theaters can only get so clean and people start cutting up. And, you, and there's a lot of that you cannot control. Yeah. Versus, I mean, how great is the picture at home? We got 1080p, Blu-ray, and we got 4K now. I mean, light years ahead of these projectors and theaters. You got to pay top dollar to see something like, you know, 1080p at least, or um, DLP, or even, I mean, IMAX is definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. But with your home theater system and your big screen TV and your speakers and your control of the environment, wouldn't you much rather have that than go to the theater? That's what the theater has to compete with. Yeah. And what if. Like we were talking about Netflix. What if in the future, instead of going to the movie theater, the theater comes to the us? The theater goes to you. Oh, man. Okay. That would be just amazing. So that's plan A. As I hold my, my hand over the microphone. No, like, <laughs> you said what? <laughs> so that's plan A. Plan B, what they would have to do just to get people coming back to the theater is make it like holographic or something or more 3D than it is now because too many people have the issue, like myself, have issues with the lighting and the 3D. I get headaches. I'm not paying extra money to go see 3D. Do you get a little queasy when you're in I there? I do. You just sit there and you're like, <laughs> Did you see that? No. <laughs> what? Do you rewind it? Hey, that looks like a hot dog mixed with popcorn. Because <laughs> it is. <laughs> but you see where I'm going. I see where you're coming and you're going. So, I mean, if I, you know, if I'm going to pay 10, 12, whatever the movie's tickets are going up to, $15 per ticket, I want a good experience. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, getting back to the, 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 no! the at hand, though. <laughs> We're gonna handle this now. We're way over in left field. I don't know where he's going off somewhere. The uh, the whole prognosis is is just definitely amusing to see that. I mean, if you had to guess, do you think that there would be a second date? 
In this day and age, there might be. You, uh, you had a lot of points this evening, Steve, and I'd say that was definitely another good pointy point. A little duller than the rest, but uh, still a point. <laughs> you were very on point to make that point, Steve. <laughs> That's a good insight, Dwight. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, I think that's a good stopping point for episode six. We're very happy and thrilled and just filled with giggles and titters that you joined us for this episode. <laughs> when you get a chance, though, please leave a rating slash review on this podcast as all that goes to helping us build visibility as well as our grand plan to be able to conquer the world. So... In addition to that, if you would like to leave comments for us or constructive criticisms, that sort of thing, you can find us on Twitter at JoygasmTV. You can also find us on Facebook.com at slash JoygasmTV. We're also on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com slash JoygasmTV. So until next time, stay off of page two. And as always, happy gaming. See you later.